This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, Heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it. As we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes... The one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Welcome to Consignment Heroes. We are live this sunny Sunday afternoon here to take your calls. This show is all about stuff, your stuff more specifically. So whether you have a, an old antique or an heirloom, maybe an old figurine or statue, or maybe it's an old uh, you know, fine china set of plates and cutlery and cups and saucers, you can find out anything you want to know by calling the show. We have an expert who's found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, specifically identifying value that most people overlook. If you'd like to have a conversation with him, our phone lines are open and available to you. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's 1-866-740-4740. That's a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. Here he is, the star of the show. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures, as well as this show, Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. Paul Kenny, what's happening, man? What a week. Spring. Oh, see good week, nice bad weather? week? No, it was a great week. Okay, you hit a grim note, so I thought maybe it was like, what a week. Oh, oh no, I lost no. thousands. No, I don't lose money. I always help people. And when you help people, you make money. I like okay? it. And this week here... Is um, it's spring? You see the weather outside, right? Yes. And everyone's starting to think, I got to do some spring cleaning. Yes. And then they get that spring clean, they put into a box, and they come into my store, and with stuff. It's been steady all week long with people bringing stuff in, and finally taking that time to go to the basement or go to the garage. Yeah, a I lot of people this time of the year they go, you know what I want to use this year? My garage. It shouldn't be full of stuff. Maybe a car could even go in there again one day if we really clean it out, right? Yes. You fill everything with junk. Garages, no, most people don't even keep cars in garages anymore. It's just junk. You've been to my house. I have My car <laughs> yeah, yeah. has never been in my garage. Yeah, a lot of people are like that, yeah. Yeah, but my wife's putting her foot down. She says, we're using the garage this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of people make that claim. Yeah, yeah. good time for it. And we get, well, they're always, that's my favorite place in the house. You know, the attic, the basement, or the garage. Yeah, because where the most money is. That's right. The living rooms are all really clean. The dining room's clean because you eat there. It's the rooms that you don't go into all the time that sometimes have all the treasures in them. And I'll say, that's a nice piece. Oh, that old thing. You know what I mean? And that's what happened this week. A couple of times again, like I, I go into somebody's house or, and I went in and I said, they had the stuff out. I think I told you this last week. And everything on the table is about four or $500. But the lamp that was showing me the stuff that they brought in from another room to put light on the situation was worth more than everything that was on the table. Interesting. So they go, these are the fine collectibles and all that sort of stuff. And you go, wait, 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 that lamp you're using is worth more than this junk. Didn't yeah. even have a shade. 
Interesting. What was it? Like an old cast iron? Yeah, six cast foot? iron. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's what happens a lot of time. And and I hate when people throw out stuff before I see it. And I, I went to help one person this week, and then I said, no, you have to get rid of everything. I mean, sometimes if you've been working all your life for forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year, and, you know, and you're finally retired, and you get a chance to sell your house for a million, like in Toronto, at $1.2 million, it's, it's, you should be doing it in some cases. You know what I mean? Unless you really want to stay here, or if you if people are looking to shrink down, eh? Yeah, the big move that we see. So what? I, I'm closing in on forty, and I see a lot of people. You know, they have a place in Toronto, and their parents are moving to some place generally a hundred to hundred and fifty kilometers outside of Toronto, where housing prices are much lower. But uh, you know, it, it's the life that they had thirty years ago in Toronto. It's not congestion. You know, they can cut down a tree in their backyard without getting a $10,000 fine. There's no speed bumps. You know, it's not like, oh, they're doing construction on the main road. Therefore, uh, you know, there's 10,000 cars drive down my residential street. I mean, that's a lot of people's experiences in Toronto, right? There's so much construction all the time. You look at Eglinton, for example. There are streets, you know, just one or two up that run parallel to Eglinton. They are getting so much traffic now because they're putting in that subway system. It's like a whole different world. They've never had even a car go down their avenue in, in 10 years that somebody didn't live there, and now it's being used as a secondary route. It just changes the whole vibe of the neighborhood. Well, life's too short not to be enjoying it. And, and someone says, well, this is only going to go on for two years. Two <laughs> years is a long time if yeah, it's yeah. aggravating you every single that's day. That's right, yeah. But with people shrinking down, and th- that's how we, we come in to help. And sometimes, I'm, the only reason I say about it, if you're selling your house, if you made the decision to take that money and have a really easy life, you know what I mean? Like, that's your nest egg. Don't mess around with it, you know. And if you're going to sell it, sell it, and and we will help you get to that point. Clear out the house or take what you're going to take with you or tell you what stuff is worth. That's what we do. We tell you what it's worth and how to get rid of it. Right. The most profitable way to get rid of it. Here's some numbers you should keep. Okay, obviously, if you want to talk to us live on the show and get an assessment of some of the items that you own or what to do with a big property, because another thing that Paul Kenny does is sometimes you'll do an entire estate sale. So yeah. maybe it's a it's an entire house full of uh, old junk that you might think you might have to throw out. You want to have a guy like him come through and identify some of those hidden gems that might be worth thousands as opposed to paying some uh, garbage collection company to to get the stuff out of there into a dump. Some of that stuff can be repurposed, reused. Some of it becomes very valuable. If you're doing somebody like an estate sale, you can give him a call at his office, and that number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. You can also call his his personal number, which he gives out occasionally. We can put you in touch with that number if you call the station during this hour, but afterwards you call this number, 905-737-GOLD. He has a store. It's located at 10,341 Young Street. This is an actual storefront. You can bring your collectibles there or arrange to have Paul come out and see your place. You go to 10,341 Young Street. It's right on Young Street in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie. You know what else? I should mention this because, you know, about three or four weeks ago, I was hiring some people to help us. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got I've got hired three people on for the listing. This is work they can do from at home. They do with the CDs. We drop off the stuff at their house. They can list it. It's a good second job. You do it completely at your timing. We're in the position now to hire another two or three people that we can train. We slow down. Train. Slow down. So I, I know what this is. So I didn't totally. You actually had retirees that listened to this show. You started employing them. Yes. I can't believe this. Okay, so not only can you sell your stuff, you might even find a job through listening to this show. Tell yeah. me about the work they might be doing. 
It's just listening. We we hand, we give them a box yep. with the CDs, and everything is it's very easy. We have a um, I I don't know actually. It's, just a, it's very easy, but not by me. I don't do it, but I have a guy on my staff who can tell you how walks you through it, and it's you list it and you get paid by the piece, and it's virtually foolproof. We drop it off. You don't have to ship. You don't. We and then we pick it up after you're done, and it's it's an easy job. You know, it's just extra income for somebody. So it's it's more cost effective for you to say send a whole bunch of boxes of items to somebody's house. They can snap the pictures, put the ads up online. Yeah, and, and that's basically the outsourcing method that you're using. Yes, it's, and you're using our audience. I love this. This is fantastic. No, we've I've made some people very happy. I've got three people, right? Four people now that are very happy. It's just a little bit of extra money, and if they want to do more work, they can. If they want, if they only want to do two hours of work in a week, that's okay with me. I'm not a taskmaster or anything like that. I drop it off. I pick it up when it's done, and it's easy to do. And it's just – or it's, or a, a stay-at-home mom or um, even a, a student. Yes. I mean, I'm – we're expanding. I'm getting more stuff in. I have to it's – a, it's a two-way street. I can take the stuff in, but I have to get rid of it. I know. This is just – it's quite a radio show, right? Yeah. We, we can tell you if you're rich from the items. You can employ you. You can call in and chit-chat. We're entertaining you. Is there anything this show can't do? I'll tell you what this show can't do. The co-host can't open up the program that tells me the callers that are on the line. Oh, Sebastian Hearn is the show producer. He came ready to work today. I didn't. Who's our first caller? Uh, Marianne. Marianne, welcome to the show. You're live on Zuma Radio. This is Consignment Heroes. How are you? Well, I'm fine, thank you. Beautiful day. Yeah, what do you have? Um, I was wondering, I have an opportunity to get some Walt Disney movies, the okay. old movies, you know, and I was just wondering, which ones are most valuable? That okay. I should pick out. Are they VHS? Yes. Okay. Here's the. They sell now. What Walt Disney did for them over the years is they would issue a movie and then not issue it again for ten years. So they built in a little bit of a rarity factor with them. Okay. But VHS is very hard to sell. Okay. It's no one's really using it. Some of them, one out of every two hundred, is worth the money. Uh, if they didn't make it, and that the reason they would make I don't know Snow White in two thousand and two or something special enhanced edition with um, special clips or something, and they, and they would sell that for money. Now, people do collect them, um, but the, your best bet on this actually is to check them on eBay. Oh, if it's okay. selling on eBay, because that's where we you're buying we're buying from Toronto and selling to the world because there's so many of them. Do not go out and buy them without knowing you're going to sell them. If oh. Okay. If you own them already, we'll help you with it, but we don't want you to go out there and cause yourself work and cause me work, okay? Okay. And okay. VHS is Pardon? one step up from beta. What's that? One step up from the old beta movies, okay? Oh, okay. So, but Disney is a, ma- a great franchise. Your, your Disney, the advertising for those old movies is probably better than the movies, Okay. I'm glad that we ended on that note. Advertising for old movies can be more valuable than movies. Our next caller is Janice, and she's in Waynefleet, where I don't know what that is. Janice, how are you? I'm fine. Uh, we're down on the uh, coast of Lake Erie between Port Colborne and Dunville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great to have, I think, wow. our first caller from Waynefleet. Yeah. <laughs> you have a very famous movie poster you're curious about. Tell us about it. Yes. Um, just located the other day, we're, we're thinking about moving, so I'm going through all my stuff, and it's a poster of the uh, it's got the Death Star in the background and the uh, all the little fighters all over the place and there's one fighter that's a little larger than the other 
the bottom of the poster says 1977 20th Century Fox printed in Canada. Now, Star- so it's a Star Wars poster yeah, then. Yeah, a Star yeah. Wars poster. Now, here's a nice thing about being up in Canada. And I'd like to say this to a lot of our listeners. And this happens a lot. Because we're in a Canadian market, and sometimes we'll have stuff made for the Canadian market. Ah. Okay? No, no, this can be actually good because Star Wars is so collectible around the world that right. people would want the American market might make 500,000 of that poster. Mm-hmm. In Canada, we make 3,000 of that poster. Ah. So obviously, our, our one is going to be rarer. And it will sell around the world because on a big franchise like that, there are Star Wars collectors everywhere. Okay? Uh So now if you've got a pre-production one, that'll be better. Um, I have to see the poster. Some of them are... uh, uh, when you started seeing the Death Star, I thought you were from the Return of the Jedi a little bit later. Yeah, hold on. Is it the Death Star or Darth Vader's face in the the poster? Definitely the Death Star. Okay, and it's on the left side, right? Uh, let me just look at my phone. I've got it on my phone because it's, a, you know, it's a fair size. Yeah. And it's I, 32 by about... It's, well, yeah. there's so many different posters, right, for the original. Like, some of them go for thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the the main thing in the, um, I would say, is the Death Star is the biggest part in the background. Okay, yeah. More to the upper portion of the of it. And then there's so many. And then right in the middle of the Death Star, of course, are the... Uh, the Luke Skywalker type X-wing fighters. Yeah, and then um, down below, there's these, uh, you know, all these other different ones, and then Star Wars right at the bottom in uh, just the, you know, the way it appears in the movie. Yeah, so I don't know of any ones that don't show Darth Vader as as yeah. sort of a shadowy overlord. Yeah, but I don't. So this would be a rare really, one. I just don't know yeah. if yeah, it's a repop or what. That. You know, the, but I don't want to overstate this other point about the Canadian stuff. If it's a Canadian poster made for the Canadian market, yeah. it may be very, very good. Now, it still might, they might have over, overproduced it, or it might have been made for the move, uh, DVD release. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. So that's yeah, how, have, how did you get, a, get your hands on this thing? You know what? I don't remember. Um, the way it's folded, it almost reminds me that I'm, I don't know whether it would have come in an, an LP or not. Oh, it's four. It's probably about one foot by one foot. Okay. Buying, um, you know, the John Williams soundtrack and that, and it's. Oh well, if it's not a movie poster and it's out of an album, that would change things substantially. This is what I'm trying to remember. I don't know whether you know where we got it from or whether it was in this LP. If you got this onto your phone, you can send this off to me. Okay, send it on to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. And if there might be other stuff that you've got, it doesn't have to, like, you might have other stuff. This is what I'm saying that I try and tell people. We try and alert you by, if I'm talking about handled teacups or I talk about costume jewelry or I'm talking about fire plugs, people collect everything, you got to ask me, okay? And there's other stuff if you're going to be moving. There's no problem at phoning up and saying, Paul, I got this, 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 and this, and I can help you uh, on, when I'm in yeah. the shop. You're saying that, like, to a lesser extent, it'd be like, come over and see my collection of mid-90s series baseball cards. Oh. And then in the corner is this old Stradivarius violin that yes. we that we are using as a footstool. Those sorts of things. that still happens. You know, you, you oh, think yeah. something's valuable when really it's the other thing that's valuable. If you have a rare, interesting item around your house or a collection of something that you're owning, you're curious about its value, you can call this show... 
416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. And get a chance to talk to Paul Kenny. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures, as well as this show on Zoomer Radio, Consignment Heroes. So whether you have gold coins or gold jewelry or silver or fine china or figurines, sports cards, autographs, other memorabilia, antique TVs, record players, radios, old toys, jewelry, coins, whatever you have. If you think uh, it might have some special value, you can call this show. Again, our local number is 416-360-0740, but we also have a toll-free line if you're out of town. It's 1-866-740-4740. Our next caller is on line four, and their name is Louise. Louise, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Not bad. What do you have? I I was at a second-hand shop and saw this vase. I asked to look at it. I turned it over, and the first thing I said is, you've got to be kidding. It says, Lamoz France. Mm -hmm. There's a diamond between the two words with a D and a C, and it also says, Lamoz France, in green. Okay. So what I want to know is, is it a legitimate thing, or is it a knockoff? No, okay. Lamoz... Uh, we had a tremendous amount of people, um, a tremendous amount of Limoges uh, porcelain brought over to Canada uh, before the World War II and after World War II because they were competing against the English China because it was all the people who didn't like the English stuff. And if you were in Quebec, you were buying the Limoges stuff. And even in Canada, they made a completely different kind of stuff. You look at Limoges, it's got lots of flowers, lots of gold. It's stuff that people liked, okay? And I think it was a little less expensive than the English China. Now, Limoges had seven different factories there, and it depends on which factory it is. So that'll be part of it. It's probably going to be legit. If it says made in in France, it's going to be after night. No, it doesn't say that. It says just Limoges, France? Yes. Okay, now then this is going to be before this was issued and brought over to Canada before 1920. So it's actually got some age to it. Okay, yeah, because that, it's not a delicate. You know, it's only five and a half inches high, but it's not that delicate. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay, but I'd have to see it. But there's a lot of that stuff. It's not just because it's old doesn't make it good. No, it, I know. I but know. you want to have a certain names on there sometimes. Like you can have a piece that was made for Tiffany's, made by a Limoges factory. Okay. Uh-huh. It depends on who, if it was made for Tiffany's, if it has the word Tiffany on it, no. and the word Limoges, I'm just saying if it did, yeah. <laughs> it would be worth a lot of money. Okay, mm-hmm. but they're not really going to knock off the Limoges stuff, um, because China, they'll still, they can still, they're still making it there. Okay? Oh, yeah. And this is why they're, it, it cannot be made in China and say Limoges, France. No. Okay? No. So okay. hold on a second. Can you just go over for the other people who are now looking at their vases or vases around their house going, wait a second, let's turn this thing over. Limoges is a good name. But there's also this distinction of made in a country as opposed to yeah. just, what, what, what is the distinction there? Okay. United States in 1890 wanted, if you were going to export to the United States, they had their own little tariffs and stuff. They would say you had to have the country of origin put on the piece. So it had to say, and that's why we have, uh, it'll say England, and it'll be not made in England, or it'll say France. It'll It'll just say France, yeah. Yeah, and and that's how we have the name Nippon, because it wasn't Japan until later, okay? Okay. So that's why we say Nippon Pottery. That was all the stuff made in Japan. In in about 1920, they changed the law. There must have something happened, and they said, now it has to say made in the country of origin. 
Yeah, so rather must... than just France, it literally has to say yeah. made in France. So that would say suggest it's after 1920. Yeah, okay. And what, and what happened was because the American market was so big, we just tagged along. If they made a piece for the American market, then we got 10% and they would ship it into Canada. They'd already be stamped already like that. Okay? Gotcha. So to be brought over here, and that's why they had these laws, because they didn't want to be sending this money out of the country. It's like what they're trying to do right now, putting the tariffs on, uh, on China. Right. But I'm for different reasons. But back then, they were trying to control the trade because America was a rich country back then. Okay, but that is a big, significant change in yeah. importing uh, uh, products. It will say made in after 1920. Yeah. Good. No, it helps me with the age. Right. So if somebody goes, oh, here's a, uh, you know, this this vase has been in our generation, uh, four generations has been our family, it's being handed down to you, and you flip it over, it says made in China, you know it wasn't. Yeah, I know that they they procreate really fast. Yes, that's right. Our next caller is Sean in Toronto. Sean, how are you? Uh, Kai, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, what do you got, Sean? Yeah. I've got a license plate, 73 Alberta license plate. I've got a 1969 Saskatchewan license plate. A 1958 Ontario license plate and a 1972 Ontario license plate. Okay, now, I love all of this stuff. Are, hmm? eBay's prices are uh, different on all of these. The people collect them according to the colors and stuff, and the people who collect them. Um, the nice thing about license plates, because they're made out of steel, seem to last forever. You might have some salt on them and some rust, but what a lot of people do is they use them for their garages. I don't know how many garages I've been in where the whole wall is license plates. And if someone doesn't have Saskatchewan, that's your perfect collector because he's going to say, you have a 58 Saskatchewan. I was born in 1958. I got I a 58 Corvette, and I, wa- I need that to make my garage complete. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what it is. That's what collecting is. It just makes you happy for a couple minutes. You put it on the wall, and you forget about it. Incidentally, Ontario plates now, if you notice that they're peeling... I just got rid of plates that they were like the actual white and blue has peeled right off of it. I'm from the government. I'm here to help you, and I do a lousy job of doing it. Yeah, how is the technology getting worse? I only had the plates for like five years, and the, the rear, all of, almost all of the rear numbers in blue had peeled off. Yeah. Blame it on global warming. No. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, people so, collect license plates. Yeah. Yeah, but Sean, some of those things will have to be repatriated back to their province of origin to get maximum dollars. Yeah. For the guy who just bought that 58 Corvette in Saskatchewan, that's your best yeah. buyer, not a guy in PEI. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no. license plates from 1909, several oh. thousands of dollars. Okay? Yeah. When you get early, because there wasn't that many cars yeah, even on Toronto. Yeah, it would super rare. Yeah. Okay? It's, what about the 50s? The 50s is not early enough. It's old for us. You know, my Bo- and Bogart will tell you it's very old. But in, in license plates, it's not because they are made out of steel and because they do last, okay? But the 50s is like you're going to get novelty money for a yeah. guy whose dream car is the 57 Bel Air. Yeah. He might give you 100 to $200 for it. Unless the letters make out oh. something cool, then you got a different story. Yeah. But I'm saying that like you're, you're saying generally the more valuable ones would be the museum caliber ones, yeah. the early yeah. t- uh, tens and teens of 1900. You're after just the... the novelty money. The novelty money or yeah. the flea market or something like that. Okay? Can I just add one more final thought? Sure. I've got, I've got a 1976-77 WHA hockey cards, and one of them has Gordie Howe in it. That's the, my final... Is that... that any value that now? full set's worth about sixty to eighty dollars if it's in really really nice shape. Okay, the hockey cards, the earlier hockey cards, it's seventy two, seventy three were the first years of the WHA. 
Yes. And but that sat there. By that time, everyone loved them, and the, there was a lot of cards made. Okay, it's a small set. You're listening to Consignment Heroes. We're live on Zoomer Radio, broadcasting from the beautiful Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Uh, and we're here to take your phone calls. If you have a rare or interesting item and you're curious about its value, our phone lines are open right now. You can call 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. You can also talk to Paul Kenny uh, during regular work week hours. You can give him a call at his store. That phone number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. You can also visit the store during regular work week hours. It's located at 10,341 Young Street. We'll be right back. Southworks Antiques, one of Canada's best antique malls, just got better by moving to a better location. Across the Grand River in Cambridge at 73 Water Street proudly stands the new Southworks Antiques. 25,000 square feet of antiques and nostalgia with an intriguing history for sale by over 100 vendors. Visit southworksantiques.com for directions. Then park free and check it out. It's a new beginning for a lot of old stuff at Southworks Antiques in Cambridge. Open every day of the year. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes. We're live on Zuma Radio and our phone lines are open. 416-360-0740. In studio with Paul Kenny. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. Let's go to our next caller. It's going to be Sharon in Aurelia. Sharon, how are you? Good, thank you. And what do you have? I have uh, three dated Hummel plates. Okay, what years are they from? 72, 73, 74. Okay, now this is, they're, they're very nice plates. They're, yeah. they're the soft mute on them. They were the, the sister right. made them. The little mm-hmm. Hummel figurines, they're look, made look like that. These are the yearly plates that come out. Yes. And they also came out, Roll Copenhagen came out with some like that and Bing and Grundle. And they did a very, and they were the, the thing that people had to collect in the 1970s and 80s. Yes, that's right. That means there's a lot of them around. Okay. So they generally sell for twenty, thirty dollars now. Okay. Even though they cost a lot now, but it's still nice. But I want to. It's one of the things that um, people. There's a lot more more of those around, like Roll Dalton's, yeah. and there are people buying them. Okay. You know, but they still got some value because they're just nice. They're, yes, they're, they are. They're happy. Okay. When you look at don't you smile every time? Yes, what are the images on these plates? Huh? That's what why are, I bought them. <laughs> is it like pictures of a koala bear on no, them or something? No, no, they're little kids it's a usually. Girl. They're good. They're little Dutch girl. I'm a German girl and a little boy. Okay. Yeah. They make you smile. They're soft in color. They're almost cartoony. And every yeah. time I look at them, I have to, you, you got to feel a little bit good. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. because they were so well done, and like if you went to Germany right now, they would cost you t- that plate you have, not a plate, but the little figure, the figurines that are about four inches tall, would cost you $209 U.S. Yes. And then as soon as you bring it over here and try and sell it, mm-hmm. you'll get $30 for it. Right. 
Okay, now this is why, and I should actually, every week I, I, people come into my shop and they tell me about Daltons are worth nothing. They're not worth nothing. They're worth less than they were worth. Okay, we still buy the Daltons, but they're not worth a ton of money because there are more Daltons around than people who want to collect them. Right. And more of the little Hummels. I sold some Hummels this week for people on our site. They had the little figurines. You saw them. You say that's cute. no. Actually, Ben probably wouldn't say it's cute because <laughs> Ben hates everything. But and yeah, is normal it practical? People, yes, exactly. Yeah, normal people would say these are really cute, and they just say, "I want to buy it." Sure. Okay. Well, let me tell another story because we say as a rule of thumb, if you bought it in the 1980s or 90s, and they said the collector's edition Elvis plates, <gasps> generally they're worth nothing. Although you have a story that in a nice way, contradicts that. Oh, you, were, you were cleaning out a house. Yeah, that's right. So you say, generally, if you bought it as a collectible or a souvenir, it's not going to be worth a lot of money, except for... This week. This okay. week. Tell the story, because I like this story. Some friends came... It's not friends. People would call. They heard us on the show, and they just put a whole mash of stuff together. And luckily, this survived. Every, I think a lot of people remember those little... Dolls are about six inches tall where the head goes up and down in the spring. They call them bobbleheads. A bobblehead, yeah, yeah. bobblehead doll, yeah. Well, they were made in China, I mean in Japan and China about the turn of the century. And they're very expensive. But then they came out as collectibles in 1960, like the Maple Leafs had them. If you went to a Maple Leaf game, you bought this paper mache little bobblehead. Well, because of its what it's made out of, not many of them survive. Yeah. I mean, you look at it funny and it cracks, okay? Yes. So, but... This one, the person brought in a Mickey Mantle one this week, and I think I worked about $400. So a Mickey Mantle bobblehead bought yeah. as a collectible in what year? About 1960? 1961. 61. And it's worth $500, give or take. Give, it's in that area. Now, I'll That's fantastic. Take, I'll take a little bit less when I sell it type of thing, but it's going to be... Uh, I'll get three hundred for sure. But it's, it's a nice, it was the nicest thing, and luckily they had on the top of the box... Pretty cool, and, though. But it still There's a, a collectible crack in it. going a up crack in, in it. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't let it bobble too much. No, you can't. But it's And they also had a 1967. You know the pennants? Everyone remembers these pennants. They're yeah. like, shaped like a V. Yeah. Sideways V. And you had Toronto to Maple Leafs or Blue Jays or something like that. Well, they had a 1967 pennant. Uh, and I might actually have to give more money for this one. I'm going to find out. But it had a the, – the, the Leafs won the Stanley Cup in 67. Last time, it might happen this year, but in the 67, they stapled on the picture of the 67 winning team. So oh, that's interesting. Very, how okay. many of these survived because it's so flimsily put on the, on the pennant? Yeah. Like the pennant without that's worth maybe $25. Like old pennants, you got a pennant from 1940s, Toronto Maple Leafs, it's worth two, $300. But this one here will still be probably worth about $100. As a collectible. I was going to say, as a Toronto collectible, and I guess they sold around the world, Rob Ford bobbleheads. Some of them were selling for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I sold them for hundreds. Oh, really? Okay. Like, well, obviously, there are many different eras of yeah. Rob Ford, but yeah, those will only go up in value, I'd guess, from here. Yeah, but I'm in the business of selling stuff, not keeping it. Like, I hear you. My wife doesn't believe that, but she... <laughs> I understand. Our next caller is going to be Leo. He's on line four, and he's calling from Ridgeway. Leo, how are you? Very good, sir. Very good. Uh, I've got a, a American nickel. It's 1869. Is, is it worth anything? Yeah, about uh, 69. I have to check the exact date. It depends on the condition. Between it's in three, mint condition. In 1869, in mint condition, it's probably going to be worth three, $400. I'd have to see it. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, call me tomorrow because I do not have that book right in front of me, and I'm not just Canadian stuff. I'm a lot more familiar with. Oh, okay. American stuff. You call me tomorrow. We can get you the exact price. All right, that sounds good. And then, and I got some uh, uh, silver dollars, American silver dollars, nineteen seventy-two. Okay, mm. now that's why I'm thinking this uh, mightn't be from eighteen sixty-nine. Seventy-two silver dollars. What we do with people is that if you bring them to the Canadian bank, they'll only give you one dollar Canadian for them. Oh, we okay. give you a dollar fifteen. But if you take it to a U.S. bank, you will get a dollar twenty-seven. Because, oh, okay. okay? All right. But I'm, we do it as a favor for people because a lot of people have their U.S. change and we just take it from them. And instead of them giving it to the banks and the banks making more money. Okay. But the and 18 then they got another one here. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Canadian uh, silver dollar, 1867 to 1967. It's the Confederation one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the, with the goose on it? The goose on it, yeah. Yeah. Those are about $11.25 we pay. That's, the, that's the only silver dollar he's mentioned that actually has significant silver content, correct? Yeah. 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 So, and I always say this, like, because, you know, those road shows are going, I hate to say them, but they're, they're in my hometown of Etobicoke this week, um, offering less money than they should be on some stuff. Uh, a silver dollar, if you're going to these road shows and they're paying you 5 or $6, we're paying eleven twenty-five. Wow, and, okay. And, that, and no, but I, a lady brought in a 48 this week. Now, it's not well, mint. Help us out, 48. A 1940. Remember, every week I talk about 1948 silver yeah, dollars. Yeah, but I'm dumb. I forget a lot of stuff. Okay, so, okay, so 1948 is a special one? Okay, tell me more. She's got $1 in a box. Yeah. And the rest of the stuff in the box is worth maybe 40 cents. Okay. The cotton box, the cotton is worth more than the coins. <laughs> in the middle was a 1948. Okay. And that's significant because? It's the most, it's the rarest 40, it's the rarest mm-hmm. Canadian silver dollar. Ah. So where I'm paying you eleven I'm, I think we paid 450 at least for this dollar. Wow. Because it wasn't really in perfect shape, but it's still nice. And because of its rarity, not so much yeah. the silver content or anything inside the actual coin, just its actual numismatic value. That's yeah. the printed government value. That's what makes it worth money. But she only had $1. That was the way, but she had the That's best funny. dollar. That's she great. She had the best. I think she was very, very happy. How could she not be? Uh, Leo, thanks for your phone call. Our next caller is. Thank you very much. Yes, thank sir. You. Our next caller is Betty in Scarborough. Betty, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And what do you have? Uh, well, I've never. Nobody's ever seen one before, but it's uh, like a Coca-Cola. Looks like a cigarette box. Okay. And it's got a lid on it with Coca-Cola on some one side and the Olympic signal on the other side. And etched in the back, I believe it says... Um, Which Olympics? Something something Olympians or something. Okay, now... I, I'm losing my eyesight, so it's hard for me to see. Okay, now here's two things. is that Coca-Cola did a lot of cross-promotions with... The uh, Olympics. Now, this will add to its value and also help us date it, especially if they have, if we know which Olympics it is. Um, is uh, probably anything like that would be at least worth fifty dollars, unless it was really super mass produced. But if it's, uh, it could be 1932 Olympics, it could be 1968 uh, Olympics. I have to know which Olympics it is. Okay. Now, this you'll be able to tell by the the logo on the Coke. And uh, the um, the rest of the box and how it was made. So I need more information. But anytime you have a collectible that is uh, Coke, which is a pop advertising collectible, and the Olympics, which is a, uh, a sports collectible, and you put them both together, 
you always get more money. Hmm. Okay. Well, see, what I've done, I had my husband work where he picked up all this, and I had a beautiful lamp, and that I gave it away, and I gave an original uh, Coca Cola tray away, and that, and I found out. I know they're worth money. Yeah, but this box, nobody has ever seen one before. And I can't let it go. I mean, it's a beautiful-looking box. Do you think it was to a cigarette tin is what you think it was, like a reusable? Well, that's what it, the cigarettes fit that size, so. Okay. Huh. Somebody okay. said it could be a candy box, but I can't see getting enough candies in it, to be honest. Coca-Cola doesn't make candy. They make pop. So yeah, it'd be an advertising one, thing. Everybody I've showed it to that collects Coca-Cola stuff and that have never seen one before. So I've had it for, well, my husband's been dead for 31 years, so. So oh, he time. got it? And I've never uh, got rid okay. of it because it's just so different. Well, this is where I'm saying, now, this is where the research has to be done. We have to find out which Olympics, because if it's 1932 Olympics. No, it's nine, I'm sure it says 1976. Oh, 76. Okay, so now we got it dated. Okay, okay. so mystery solved. So then it's going to be a $10 to $20 item because of so much stuff made for the 76 Olympics. Um, and because you say it's a 10, it's going to last a bit. I can't look it up. I'm going to try. Um, but it, you will have, be able to sell it if you've got two, like I say, being uh, Coca-Cola. Yeah. They'll they'll want to buy it. Coca-Cola collectors will want to buy it. Olympic collectors will want to buy it. And you just take the money from the highest the guy who offers you the most. Okay? Thank you so much for your Thanks. phone call. And if you have a rare or interesting item or a collection of something, you're wondering about its value, you can give this show a call right now. Our phone lines are open. 416-360-0740. You get to talk to an expert in all things stuff. Guy who found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, specifically finding value that other people overlooked. Our number, 416-360-0740. The man in studio is Paul Kenny. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. We'll be right back. Hi, Paul Kenny here, consignment hero. Boxes are truly amazing things. They come in all shapes and sizes, and they do a remarkable job of storing your stuff. And the folks at Mississauga Cartons know how important it is to find the right box. For over 35 years, they've provided thousands of satisfied customers with a wide range of packaging, boxes, and shipping materials. I use them. So should you. Mississauga Cartons. Check them out at mississaugacartons.com and be a hero like me. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. We're back. We're live on Zuma Radio. This is Consignment Heroes. We're in studio with Paul Kenny. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures, and of course, this show on Zuma Radio. Um, before we get to the next phone call, oh. I wanted to talk about the Olympics in 1976. We're in Montreal, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of collectibles came out of that, and a lot of them stayed right here in Canada. Yeah. The best of collectible out of that is the Olympic coin sets. There's two $10 coins and two $5 coins in little square boxes, four inches by four, five inches by five inches. Or people collected all 28 because you had to send away and get them. Okay. So there's 30 ounces in one of those sets. 
Oh, when you have the whole set, it's 30 ounces of silver? 30 ounces of actual silver, 30.24. So you've got around $600 worth of silver. What? We have to melt it, but they got around $600, a little bit more than $600. It's 30.24 ounces of silver if you have all 28. And I swear that the marketing campaign, this was sold by Simpsons. Everyone sold these Olympics because everyone was behind the 76 Olympics in Canada. Right. And they were just... it was a way of raising money, but they made them out of silver. That's fantastic. Plus, they had the gold coin. There's a, a half ounce and a quarter ounce gold coin from the 76 Olympics. So I'm happy. We get three or four sets of this every week. They are no numismatic value. They look pretty. So you're going you're gonna to sell them, and that's going to be melted down for— I guarantee it. It's got a ton of silver in it, though. Well, no— 30.24 ounces. That's not bad, <laughs> considering what you would get now for a commemorative coin for the oh, Olympics. Yeah. It'd be a piece of steel. If it was bronze, we'd be giving people $4. No, we wouldn't. You know something? They'd be virtually unsaleable yeah. if they were anything else but silver. Wouldn't even be worth the money to fire up the kiln and melt them down. No. As the, yeah. All right, our next caller is going to be Lorraine in Cambridge. Lorraine, how are you? Welcome to Consignment Heroes. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. Um, I have some pennants, felt pennants, um, about four inches... Uh, wide, about 12 inches long. Minis. From okay. little little towns all around southern Ontario from the 50s. Okay, now they go for 2 to $4 each. Yeah. Um, mainly you want ones that are sports related. Yeah. Or like a Dion Quintuplets pennant oh, right. would be worth something, a big event. And they made these things for everything, everybody because they were made on felt, yeah. they were easy to print, and they were souvenir related. Like if you have Niagara Falls... Sorry about your luck, okay? But if you have uh, Toronto Maple Leafs or uh, Detroit Red Wings or uh, Hamilton Tigers, a Hamilton Tigers hockey pennant from the 30s would probably be worth $1,000. Wow. Okay? Perfect. But the ones you have are still nice, but they're worth 2 3 $4, and they're more of um, people buy them to put them up in their uh, cottages and stuff like that. Right. Okay? okay thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your phone call. Our next caller is Ben in uh, Woodbridge. Ben, how are you? Welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zuma Radio. Hi, and um, thank you. I have four uh, beer coasters, what look like beer coasters from O'Keefe's, and they're dated 1932. Hockey players and, on them, right? Yes. They're light blue color, white in the center? That's correct, yes. Oh my God. Those are very good. Okay. It depends yeah. on who you have. Um, that's a very, very collectible series. Um, it depends well, on condition as well. Pardon? I have the team captain. Okay. And then I have um, the um, center, uh, Andrew Blair. Um, A bum, and, sorry. And Joe Primo. Joe, no, Joe Primo. Primo, yeah. He ended up being a, a custodian. Get this, a guy who was a Hall of Famer ended up being a custodian in a Brampton High Schools. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I wish you had the sweaters. Now, these these will be Joey Primo, depending on which ones, I'm trying to remember which are the hard ones in the set, they're probably between four, three to $1,000 each. Wow. Is this good news for you? Now, this depends on condition and who they are, and you should call me at my store tomorrow. Okay. 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 Now, slow down. My head it. is spinning. We're talking about little drink coasters? Like beer coasters. Beer coasters. That's, yeah, yeah. Well, right. guess what happens to beer coasters? After you use them, they go in the garbage. That's right, yeah. So, Ben, how did you get your hands on these? Um, well, you know what? I uh, was doing uh, uh, some work downtown and a uh, very old place, and I found them in the basement, and uh, they were just, uh, you know, underneath some rubble. 
another guy who uh, knows the basement's should, the best place. This is why <laughs> I have to start a demolition company. Every time you hear about an amazing find, it's always a there? demolition company. Is that all you yeah. got? That's it, yeah. Ah, okay. You've got to call me. If you want to hang on, Sebastian, get your number, or you can call me at 905-737-4653. There's two ways we can do this. I'll either buy them or you can sell them on consignment. They're very saleable depending on the condition, as long as they have no stains and stuff like that. But it's a very, very collectible. This is uh, The Leafs won the year before, I think, their first Stanley Cup. This is right after they made Maple Leaf Gardens. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What did no. you say these sell for? Anywhere between two hundred, three hundred to a thousand dollars. Wow. I think the set sells for twenty thousand. There are card sets out there. I'm going to be seeing a friend of mine's card sets this week. That I'm willing to bet his collection is going to be worth well over a hundred thousand dollars, and wow. you'll be able to fit the entire thing into a shoebox. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, Ben, you hit a little jackpot. Good eye. Good eye, yeah. man. We're going to put you on hold. Sebastian Hearn is the show producer. If you want to exchange numbers, you guys can decide what you're going to do with these little valuable relics in a little bit. In the meantime, we're going to go to um, Linda. Linda's actually calling from Buffalo, New York. Linda, how are you? Welcome to Zuma Radio. Uh-oh. We lost Linda. Hello? Hello? Oh, Linda, we've got some audio problems. We're going to come back to you. We're going to go to D in Toronto. D, how are you? Great. How are you? Not bad. What do you have? Well, several things. One of them is a very small. It's a brooch, and it was supposed to be made, my my grandmother said, in the Boer War. Okay. Uh, it's got a um, ivory, I think it's ivory, deer in the center, and the there's a wire casing, and it's supposed to be, it looks black to me now, but uh, she said it was silver. Don't oh, clean it. Oh. Don't. Okay, a couple things here. Don't clean it till we find out what it is. Right. Okay, now it was made during the Boer War. It might be, um, if it's war-related, if she knows that, it might be like a love token or um, a sweetheart pin or it might be actual military pin. Okay, so we have to see it. If, okay. I'm sorry, but I can't give you more details because I know your describing ability is... Well, my listening ability on this one is not as good as your describing ability. I know. It, I want to see a picture. Very hard to describe. Okay, and the other thing I have, <laughs> it's furniture. It's uh, from the 50s. It's good. Uh, 12 feet long, and it's got uh, two all-walnut base, walnut side tables on each end. It's like an open um, couch. Holy cow, I was going to say table. Well, yeah, I thought we were going to dining room table is where we were going. So it's a couch with two end tables built in? Yeah, uh, it's all hmm. walnut. Okay. Well, this has to be something special. I mean, I'd have rare. to see a picture. Now, here's the problem here, and this is what's happening right now. If it's not, if it's not condo-sized, you've limited the amount of people who want it. Okay. Now it might if it's done by a special designer or something like that, we might be able to help you. But again, you're gonna to to send me off a picture and but being not condo sized, you're cutting out three quarters of your customers. Okay? Okay. I don't wanna poo poo it and say that no, it's not worth anything because if it's that big, it's a major piece of furniture. It might be done by a major designer, it might scream nineteen fifties, and then we gotta we got someone who'll buy it. Because... 1950s and 60s, like your uh, Scandinavian, I'd rather have that than something from 1900 right now. Originally had a uh, tri, um, like a wedge cushion, 
and the, all the material was, I've recovered it since. It was all... That's uh, not going to help it. That's mm. not going to Brown and white stripe with orange. Um, ooh, ooh, that's major. That sounds okay. awfully 50s, yeah. <laughs> Give me a call tomorrow. I'll see where I can help you, okay? Yeah, and a lot of people are going, well, what do you mean? Because everyone's downsizing in condos. Yeah. They don't want bigger couches. But the truth is... The uh, ceiling height of your condo's elevator is determining the furniture that you can get. Unless you want to crane in a couch, but a lot of people are limited to that. That's why I see a lot of sectionals in uh, condos. Even you don't see a lot of pianos in condos. Yeah, if you have an (laughs) eight-foot ceiling in your elevator and you're on the 15th floor, guess what? Unless they're going to build the couch in your living room, you don't have a lot of choices. I know. We're going to go to Linda in Buffalo again because she's got some figurines we want to learn about. Yes. Hi. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. Our pleasure. Um, I have a lot, and I do mean a lot. I inherited some precious moments figurines. And from what I can gather, I don't think they're worth anything. But a couple of them have signatures, and um, I, I looked a couple of them up quite a few years ago, and uh, a couple of them I thought might be rare. But I was wondering what you're feeling was on Precious Moments figurines. Can we just slow down and what is a Precious Moments like figurine? Figure, they're like um, little uh, figures. My first piece of advice is when you <laughs> looked them up a couple of years ago, you should have sold them. Um, but, what, what, yeah. are, what are they, though? Little they're like little girls. And, no, they're little, gir- they're little boys and girls, yep, usually. Yeah. Okay. And uh, wide-eyed. And they were, you got to remember, sometimes the more popular something is, the more yep. people collect it, the more of them are still around. Now, but the good thing, when you say a lot, and this is what happens in our store, if someone brings in one precious moment and it's worth $5, it's not worth us handling. If someone brings in 200 and we can sell it as a collection and we can get $1,000 for it, then it's worth it for you and worth it for me. Huh. You understand what oh, I'm so, saying? So, Linda, define a lot. How many do you have? Oh, I'm looking at boxes and boxes, probably at least 100. Ay, 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 wow. Yeah, okay. so... <laughs> My aunt spent, I mean, a lot of money on these figurines. Some of them, she has all the boxes. We have them all boxed. Boxes will um, help. Boxes and they were always help. a gift item that we gave her every year. Yeah. Oh, um, boxes will help. Along with everybody else in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Now, this <laughs> is what I'm trying to cross the border with these. I don't know if we can do this. There might be. Well, you can still give her help to how yeah, to package them. What I would them do is keep them, divide them up into uh, groups of 20 or 30. You can put them on Fleabay, I mean eBay, um, and uh, that might help. Or um, if we Is were there doing it, for her to look for that might be one that where the kids giving the a peace sign or something. Yeah, some of these you have to. If you want to do the work, you have to sit there and go through it and find out the Canadian exclusive. Again, we you know we go back to something. One well, of she's these, calling from the states, so yeah. there won't be any Canadian exclusives. Probably. No, but the Canadian hockey player, the Canadian exclusive, is worth about one hundred and fifty dollars as a precious moment. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Gotcha. our market's so much smaller, and this is why it happens with comic books, it happens with figurines, anything that's just made for the Canadian market. Remember those little Wade figures? No. You don't know anything. It's okay. (laughs) They were given... I'm going to know that all of our listeners out there know about the the tea company, Red Rose Tea, and and they had little Wade figures made out of porcelain, Okay. you got them with your tea. Uh The gingerbread man was worth about $35. used to be. Sells today for $10. The set used to sell for $100, $150. And they were only... They were made by Wade of, of, of the United Kingdom, and they were only issued for the Canadian market in our tea. Yeah. So because of that, Wade collectors all over the world wanted these. 
And we were getting like $100 oh, for little guys, right. nursery rhymes, or animals. Okay, yep. anything made for our – I got $275 for the empty tea bag box that had the weighed figure on the outside of it. Yeah, Canada's crazy for tea. I know yes. a lot of people go to Florida, they'll bring their own tea because they go, it's just different when you go to the States and you have their orange pico or red rose or whatever. Yeah. And they go, they don't know what they're doing down there and all these sorts of stuff. So I can see that community being very uh, militant about being purists. Anything that gives – we're going to run out of time. I just know really? okay. Sorry. But anything that's Canadian, anything that's collectible that's a promotion and it's collectible, you've got a better shot. Okay. We have, the clock is winding down. We're going to go to Boyd in Mount Hope. Boyd, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And what do you have? Well, in, in the 1970s, there was a Blizzard soccer team, yep. professional team in Toronto. Yep. And I have a white soccer ball that has been signed by all the members of the Blizzard soccer team. Now, I don't think they had any Hall of Famers or anything on that, but it would still be probably, if I had my store, I'd probably be asking $100, $150. I don't, just because it's novelty. But this one's soccer for, they played out of varsity, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm. So the, uh, they also had cards and programs, but I, it's, there's no one collecting it. This is the problem with that soccer. They're not collecting it like they are. the people are 20,000 people at a game now. Back then, they used to get like two, 3,000 people. Well, and people. It's, it's defunct. What is, yeah. an, what is an XFL jersey worth? Do you know what I mean? Well, probably, that's maybe a that's bad a example. Bad, yeah, bad th- example. One that failed for other reasons, I guess. would be. But this yeah. is a good example. A yeah. WHA jersey. Be, uh, uh, you know, somebody who is a soccer fan might be interested. Yeah, in my son's a soccer. My son's a huge soccer fan. Give me a call at the store, and I can probably find a home for this, okay? Okay. And 905-737-4653. Just give me a call. By the way, uh, his store is located on Young Street in Richmond Hill. The address is 10,341 Young Street. We were talking about, uh, you know, it can be overwhelming to have to clear out uh, an entire property. You know, what is it worth? Do I need, I I know somebody had to turn around a property just recently. The estate, it was 10 trucks of garbage that had to be hauled out of the house. If you have somebody like Paul Kenny come in there, he can say, hey, listen, we can pay for the cost of emptying out this house or staging it or whatever for sale. But you have to have expert eyes in there. So if you're dealing with a situation where you're cleaning out an entire house and a state sale needs to be done, you can call Paul Kenny. He can tell you what the whole place is worth, you know, contents and all. Uh, the number to call is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. Uh, any final thoughts? Mother's Day is coming up, by the way. Mother's Day. Now, I know a lot of our listeners, they're thinking of what they want to get for Mother's Day, and they've got children. I said, what would you like, mother or grandma? Yep. Tell them you want something from Southworks Antique Mall. You do not want something from a big box store. You do not want them going getting a set of bowls for $60 that you can buy for $10 or $12 that has character that was made in England or made in Canada or made in the United States. If you want to send the money over to China, you can. Okay. But I'm just saying, buy the recite, buy the stuff that's got character. Tell your kids, go get me something a little bit special. Then you'll know they made the trip out there or tell them to take you to Southworks. And then maybe you just say, I like that. Okay, and then surprise at the end of the trip, this uh, shopping trip, it's on the counter. They're scurrying off to the side trying to hide it from you that they got you that really nice item that you said. A vintage I remember. jewelry box with a melody and all. Something yeah. like that, yeah. I like that stuff. Okay, but I'm just saying that we, we're, we're gone to, we're going to these malls and stuff, waiting in lines for two hours to, to get into a store. 
Buy something with character. And yeah. it doesn't cost you a fortune. Yeah, it, get, buy the stuff that's not just part of our disposable culture that we have now. Or you can buy something in our store. We sell gold and silver. I keep on saying that. That's forever. That's forever. This has been Consignment Heroes. A very special thanks to the show's producer, Sebastian Hearn. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.